0: We the ones. <laughs> we the ones they talking about. Yeah. What's up? What's up? What's up? Broadway sports media. Choose your Justin and Justin Titans podcast show. Some of it was bad, but hopefully you'll you probably piece something together. Outstanding.
1: Do not bring that dog on this
0: podcast. We're begging for listeners. That's all we do. We all we got. Hey, Titans on three. One, two, three. Nice. Titans. Welcome in everyone to another episode of the Music City Audible podcast presented by Broadway Sports Media, partnered with 440 Sports. I'm Justin Graver. Joining me as always is Justin Mello. And we are here to preview the Titans final preseason game Saturday at home, Chicago Bears, 6 p.m. Central Time kickoff. We're gonna talk about it and a lot more. What's going on, Justin?
1: There's a lot to talk about tonight. I mean, the amount of stuff that happened uh, to the Tennessee Titans today, some good things, obviously some really, some bad things, a preseason game, signings, uh, releases, injured reserve, COVID. Like, there's just so much to run through on this episode, probably before we get into the preseason finale preview. And then what our scheduled episode was tonight is to preview these, this quarterback group. So, Strap in, ladies and gentlemen, because
0: there's a lot to go through tonight. That is right. So that is a good segue into the quarterbacks that are now um, on the COVID list, because we will we will be talking in depth about the quarterbacks. But first, we're going to talk about how Ryan Tannehill, who is vaccinated, has been placed on the COVID-19 list and apparently has COVID. Uh, he apparently has tested positive for COVID. Titans actually have seven players now on the COVID list. They include tight end Jeff Swaim, linebacker Justin March-Lillard, defensive tackle Anthony Rush, running back Jeremy McNichols, linebackers Nick Zubnar, and linebacker Harold Landry, along with head coach Mike Vrabel and special teams coordinator Craig Ackerman who was actually filling in for Vrabel as the quote-unquote head coach during practice this week before he, too, was pulled out. Uh, for the COVID protocol is apparently testing positive, I I would assume. And these all appear to be breakthrough cases because they're all vaccinated. John Robinson, in fact, said the team is 97 or 98% vaccinated, which if you do the math on that, that would be 78 players out of the 80 left on the roster. Assuming that he's talking about players and not staff there. So that would be 78 out of the 80 players. So that that would mean that these guys on the list likely have COVID Except that Ben Arthur of the Tennessean is reporting that that's not the case. He doesn't say how many do or don't have COVID, but he said, according to his sources, not all seven players have tested positive, which would imply that one or two of them, of these last remaining unvaccinated players on the Titans, are two of these players, which would be, you know, two of those seven I just named. Now, we know Tannehill is vaccinated. I'm not trying to figure out who's unvaccinated, who's not, or whatever, but Horrible timing. I mean, depending on how you look at it, I guess it's better timing than like week 10 or something like that, or even later. But as far as timing goes, like this is going to run up right to the start of the regular season, I think.
1: Yeah. It's going to cut awfully close to it. Right. And you'd like to think that uh, they wouldn't be far off from starting to prepare for that game against Arizona, right. Starting to uh, instill a game plan, look at the film and really put it together and get ready for that week one matchup right with the Cardinals. And and you have to figure that um, they're going to cut into that time, right? They probably won't have as much time as they would like now uh, to prepare for that game uh, and have all their personnel and their coaches. And uh, it's not great. Like you said, there there are worse times for sure uh, before a playoff game, middle of the season, also probably worse than this, but it's certainly not terrific. And you just hope that these guys uh, can get back ASAP and are obviously not you know, the fact that they are vaccinated or, or or most of them seem to be vaccinated, it will prevent uh, any potential um, uh, symptoms. Right. That they that they would suffer from. I think Mike Vrabel said himself that his symptoms are really mild. The players who do have its symptoms are really mild and that they've all kind of agreed that the vaccination has helped them uh, in that situation. So uh, it, it, it's and you probably get more tomorrow. Right. Being Friday. I mean, who knows that this has been going on for, I think, four days. I think it was four days ago. That Vrabel announced he was positive. It was a day later that they put, I think it was Anthony Rush was the first player to go on the list. And then a day later was uh, McNichols uh, and and Zubnar. So it's just been nonstop, right? For about four days. And uh, it's we remember what they went through last year, right? We'll we'll never forget it. Now it's in the middle of the season. They were like the first NFL team. To experience something like this, and, and right now it seems that like they're the one that's going through it the most. Although I do, I have seen it right. I think Tampa Bay's had some issues. The Indianapolis Colts today, I think, placed uh, Eric Fisher and Quentin Nelson on their reserve list. And there are other uh teams uh, with players on the list, but uh, really, really something to to keep an eye on right now.
0: Yeah, apparently Ryan Suckup went to dinner with three Titans players while they were in Tampa Bay uh, during that for that preseason game and and week of practice, but. None of the three Titans players tested positive. Ryan Suckup did test positive. So Brett you Kern's got to be
1: one of them, right? I mean, you have to assume, let's, let's be honest, right? I mean, if they went to, di- if went to dinner with three Titans, I mean, there's no way that Brett Kern, who was his holder for many years, was probably not one of those guys. And he hasn't ended up on the list yet. So that's a good right. sign. And probably, you know, helps confirm what has been said that those who did go out with him have not ended up on the list yet.
0: Yeah, so apparently those guys are not- the apparently suck up isn't the reason the Titans are getting COVID. It just appears to be a random coincidence here, unless he and Mike Vrabel spent a lot of time I, in I each wonder other's faces. Florida though
1: had a little something to do with it. I mean, I'm, I'm outside the country, so I'm, I'm not a not fr- I'm not biased. I don't have any affiliations to any cities or state and Florida's a, seems like a bit of a shit show, right? I'm just going to be blunt. So uh, it doesn't shock me that they've come home with some issues after a, uh, a trip to the, uh, the sunshine state.
0: Well, it undoubtedly will impact what happens in this preseason game. Mike Vrabel has to test negative on Friday. And then again on Saturday, in order to be able to be cleared to coach the game on Saturday, if he tests, if he doesn't test negative on Friday, he will not be coaching that game. So you guys can keep an eye out for that, that kind of news coming down. Um, and apparently Greg Ackerman isn't going to be available either, and he would have been the next guy up. So it'll be really interesting to see this yeah. game how it goes. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be trash for the Titans. It's just going it to be bad. Almost can't help
1: but laugh. I mean, obviously there's nothing funny about the situation, but just the irony of of Vrabel and now Ackerman, who's you, you never want to be in that position, right, where you're down to someone else coaching the team. Oh, how do you plan for who's third in line? I don't think a lot of teams have many plan C's. Right. And that's in there. That I wonder who it'll be. I'm, I'm very, you almost think it's gotta be Jim Schwartz potentially, right? At least he's been a head coach. I mean, John Robinson apparently has been on the field and hand helping out. Like I'd love to see Robinson on the sidelines doing a little coaching, but I, I would, if I was taking an educated guess, it's probably Jim Schwartz, but what, what, what a disaster for the tights. Uh, the players obviously will feel differently because these guys are still battling for their jobs. Uh, some of them going into this final game but for the most part you got to think Titans want no part of this preseason game they just want to put it in the rear view I mean that's how most teams already feel about the the final
0: preseason game now you add all this to the mix and I promise you they can't wait to put this one behind them yeah for sure and we mentioned Anthony Rush Anthony Rush there being one of the guys who went on the reserve list he likely has stands a lot better chance to make the roster after the titans placed kyle pico on ir injured reserve ending his season the competition there for the starting i guess not just starting but making the roster at defensive tackle now naquan jones woodrow hamilton and anthony rush probably the three guys in the mix and i would expect only one of them makes it but it feels like it's going to be anthony rush
1: Yeah, the three of them are battling for that spot right now. I've had sources tell me that Rush is probably the favorite, but you know how this goes and and until a move is made and it's set in stone and and the other guys are told that they've been released or he's told that he's made the roster and vice versa. Anything can really happen, but but I do personally expect it uh, to be Anthony Rush to take up that fifth and final spot on the D-line.
0: Right. Titans also signed a few other guys. They're probably going to be cut on Tuesday, so it doesn't really matter who they are. That's how I feel. Sorry. If you want to say who they are, you're welcome to. I, I will
1: give a shout out to running back uh, JV on Hawkins, who they signed today. I mean, truthfully, you're right. They signed three guys today. Uh, it's probably really just to get through this final preseason game, right? As they've got guys, as you said, I mean, you've got Jeremy McNichols, right? Obviously on uh, on the COVID list. So what do they do? You bring in a running back and JV on Hawkins. You got a pair of linebackers. On the list, what do they do? They brought in a linebacker today. So you you do feel for these guys coming in so late in the game, but look, they'll get a chance to play in this preseason game. They'll get a chance to put some good things on film. I was a big fan of Hawkins coming out of the draft. He was a UDFA that signed with the Falcons. Obviously, they've already moved on from him. So it probably didn't start off great there in Atlanta, but uh, I thought he was a really underrated guy.
0: Yep. All right. Let's talk about the preseason game here, the final matchup. Really talk about what to watch for, I think, is really the only angle to look at this game because I don't know that there is a whole lot. Mike Vrabel did say that Matt Barkley would get the start in this game, play two drives, and then swap with Logan Woodside, and then they would continue swapping throughout the game just like we saw last week. So that'll be interesting. One thing that I'm curious to see here is... If Logan Woodside gets to drop back and throw more, because Zach posted an article on Broadway dot BroadwaySportsMedia looking at how many times Logan Woodside dropped back compared to Matt Barkley, and uh, I think Woodside only played like two more snaps than Barkley, but Barkley had seven more dropbacks. Woodside only had ten, and two of them were like third and long screen plays on the first two plays of the, on the first two drives of the game, where they where they quickly couldn't move the ball because they handed off to Jeremy mcnichols and he lost yards right away so matt barkley looked great last week right let's see if he can keep that up and let's see if we can make it a more of, more of a fair competition here in terms of seeing what these quarterbacks are doing not putting logan woodside in a third and 18 situation and then having him just throw a screen dump off to mcnichols for a five yard gain or whatever you know
1: Yeah, I'm excited for it. I mean, uh, our listeners may or may not be aware, but I got into a little Twitter dispute with uh, Tic Tac Titans. So I guess hosts locked on Titans. And we talked about the backup quarterback battle. He's very confident that Mac Barkley is going to secure that uh, that final roster spot there. And I'm very confident that Logan Woodside is going to be the one to secure it. We went back and forth a little bit and we settled on a $100 bet, uh, but one that will go to charity. So whoever loses, uh, if it's Woodside, then he's got to go ahead and donate $100 to a charity of my choice. And if it's Barkley, I got to do the same. So uh, of his choice, of course. So curious to see how that plays out. Uh, I'm still pretty confident that it's going to be Logan Woodside, but who knows, maybe I'll be wrong and I'll be donating uh, 100 bucks to a charity of Tic Tac's choice.
0: Yeah, I think that quarterback battle is definitely one thing to watch. And this is kind of going to be the main subject of our first talking point when we get to the quarterback expectations. So I'll skip ahead to the next player to watch, which is going to just be for me, all the rookies. I'm still watching all the rookies. I don't know how much they're all going to play. I think we'll see a, a very good amount of Dylan Raiden's. I expect we'll see a lot of Monty Rice. I expect we could see some more Elijah Molden and Caleb Farley. I don't know, depending on how I, I mean, I'm actually really curious to see how the team treats this, this third preseason game. If they treat it like, you know, a typical fourth game if they typically treat it more like a typical third game or who gets all the snaps here. And yeah, just really curious to keep seeing these rookies develop on the field.
1: You know who I'm, I mean, Dylan Radens has got to have got to show a bit more than he did in the last game. Really did not have a a good game against Tampa Bay. I'd like to see him bounce back a bit, but you know who I'm most excited to see? And I'm going to be flat out honest with you.
0: Who's that? Justin
1: Fields, because the Chicago Bears I've already confirmed that he's starting the game for them at quarterback, and I think the plan is to have him play with the ones uh, a little bit, and you know, be more than he's done of that than uh, in the previous game. So uh, excited to see Justin Fields, if I'm being totally blunt, get the start, and, and really, I guess see how the Titans' defense responds and reacts to. Uh, an electric young quarterback who's who's been pretty good right in the first two preseason games has that fan base in chicago all riled up uh, about the future so uh if i'm being totally blunt there's not a whole lot i'm looking forward to on the tennessee side uh for this game but i am curious to see how the rookie quarterback looks
0: yeah i think it'll be really interesting to see fields out there i mean he's just a fun exciting player to watch but I think the Titans defense is going to be in shambles. I think the Titans are going to be in shambles this weekend. I mean, yeah. they they were without a head coach and a special teams coordinator and who knows how many other staff. I mean, those are just the staff that we know about. Like, Vrabel only told them, the media, that Ackerman was out because they asked specifically about him because they didn't see him out on the field. So, like, who knows how many other guys there could be that people just didn't notice weren't on the practice field, you know, they didn't ask about. So, anyway... I think It's going to be a bit miserable from the Titans' perspective. There, I am curious to see if Mackay Sargent can continue running so yes. well. I mean, he had what 60 something yards after contact last week out of 76 rushing yards, nine forced missed tackles, three runs of 10 plus yards. Like in a preseason he was kind game, that's where... ridiculous. That's that, those are amazing numbers, honestly. And and running behind the same line that McNichols and Brian Hill are running behind, I mean, for the most part. But looking way more explosive, I don't know. I think this kid has something.
1: He's looked for me, he's been the best story of their preseason in terms of a feel-good story. I was honest. I wrote an article on him the other day for the Draft Network, actually. And um, if you would have asked me, when they signed all their UDFAs, I'll be blunt. I mean, I looked at that roster, and I looked at the guys, and I said, if you would have asked me, I mean, pick two guys that don't stand a chance to make the 53-man roster out of all these UDFAs, Sergeant would have been on my list, and I probably would have put the punter that they've already released <laughs> stuff from Australia, James Smith, just because of Brett Kern's presence. Yeah probably would have been my bottom two just totally blunt like there was some excitement about naquan jones coming in at dt i thought chandon herring was a very intriguing offensive lineman that could play multiple spots played in a similar offense at byu played tackle played guard you know cole banward coming in from coming in from iowa uh I just he's been awful yeah i mean banward has not been great uh,
0: i think you're <laughs> seeing some of the one limitations. of their one of their worst offensive linemen on a really bad group this preseason. <laughs> you, you've seen say. some of the
1: limitations pop up, some of the athletic limitations that I think <laughs> held him back pre-draft. But I'm I'm again just in this in the face of honesty. Uh if you would have told me right up bottom who which guys don't stand a chance. I would have said Makai Sargent was one of them, and I wouldn't have meant any disrespect to him. But of course, with Derrick Henry and Darrington Evans, you, they bring in Brian Hill, a veteran that's a, a rosterable player. With Jeremy McNichols, who spent portions of the 2019 and 2020 seasons with them, uh, I just felt Sargent's back was up against the wall. He would have, you know, he needed a terrific showing to to maybe change their minds. And he's having that kind of showing. It'll be really interesting to me to see if they keep him. Because, and, and I said this in my article, but truth be told, you know, Titans will never admit this, but you have to think they expected McNichols or Hill to step up and take that RB3 job, right? So do they have... Uh, The the gumption, which is one of my favorite words in the English language, do they have the gumption to admit that Sargent has earned that role and give him the job on the 53-man roster and cut both McNichols and Hill? We're going to find out, because look, if they keep one of those guys over Sargent, I don't know that he ever stood a chance. What could he have done differently?
0: right yeah there's it's not like he could have played better than he has we'll see what he does in this third preseason game i want to pay special attention to him when he's on the field teams
1: too not to cut you off but they they uh, uh vrabel praised him as a gunner on special teams so it's not like they can cut him and say oh well the other guys give us a presence on special teams i mean i'm struggling to find reasons to cut the guy i mean i know they trust mcnichols in pass protection That could be a big thing. I haven't paid a lot of attention to Sargent and Passboro. I can't say that I've noticed anything there, good or bad. But uh, other than that one that I'm unaware of, I don't know what reason they could come up with for for cutting this kid.
0: And that's what I was just about to say is I'm going to pay special attention when he's on the field on third downs just to see. I mean, he had a nice catch on a fourth down play that was actually a really nice throw by Barkley on that play to – just the angle where the two defenders were Barkley on the run right out in front sergeant reaches hands out hands catch looked natural catching the ball didn't look awkward trying to trying to snag that ball so I think as a pass catcher he showed what he can do now let's see if he can pass block because like you said that's that's vitally important to a guy who's going to be backing up Derrick Henry because you want someone if they're going to be able to catch passes they got to be able to pick up the blitz too otherwise just keep Henry on the field you know all right, let's move on and discuss this quarterback battle, the QB2 spot as we begin our QB expectations discussion. We we touched We're on it for here. You, we t- we touched on it here. You're rooting for Logan Woodside. Some people out there are rooting hard for Matt Barkley, some people on Twitter. I'm not root I mean not that anyone's rooting for anyone, but I right. still feel like Woodside is just the clear front runner for this position. I mean, Matt Barkley we talked about it when they brought Barkley in that Woodside just is entrenched as the number two quarterback. And Zach talked about this on the efforts pod earlier this week. And I brought it up at the beginning here when we were talking about how they use these two guys in running the offense last week and Barkley's in on like the two minute drill and Logan Woodside's running screens on third and 18. It's like, you can't really see anything that is comparative here. So to me, and to Zach said this, that means they know what they have in Woodside. They don't need to test him. They don't need to see him running the offense as a passer because they know he can run the offense as a passer. They're using those opportunities to see what the running backs can do and if anyone can separate themselves. And with Jerry McNichols running for like minus nine yards or whatever while Woodside's is in in at quarterback, like that's not going to help Woodside very much. So I don't think that these... Coaches that the coaching staff is really basing their decision on this second preseason game we just saw, or this upcoming preseason game, unless Barkley just really, really blows them away on Saturday.
1: Yeah, look, if it, if it's Barkley, I think it's fair to say that you and I will both be surprised. Uh, and if that's the case, we'll own it. We'll own it the following week and say, hey, you know, we we thought it was going to be Woodside, and and we didn't see that coming. But I like your point, and I like Zach's point. And I don't, hope I'm not taking this too far, but you almost wonder if they're trying to protect Woodside a little bit, right? But they want to make sure that he doesn't get hurt, and, and that's kind of reflected a little bit on the splits uh, that you talked about there with the dropbacks and the attempts uh, that they're throwing. Very different, right? Between Barkley and Woodside, so
0: knowing that he's dropping back behind such a porous, off- right. and young, inexperienced offensive line group. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You almost wonder if they've made their mind up already and they're just protecting him at this point. Uh, but, but again, uh, we might be wrong on that. And if it's Barkley, we'll own up to it and say, Hey, and I'll donate a hundred dollars to a charity of, of Tac's choice. But uh, I still expect it to be Woodside. I had a lot of reasons why I, I still, I thought and still think it's going to be him. And we'd uh, be pretty tough to change my mind at this point. Like you said, Barkley would have to go out there Saturday and just, I mean, throw twenty-three for twenty-four, right? And and three hundred yards. I I just I just don't see it really.
0: Ultimately, the role the backup here, and let's transition and talk about sort of expectations here. If Ryan Tannehill has to miss Week One, for example, because of COVID, or like you know, it's not impossible to think that he could have COVID. Close enough. I mean, COVID can last a while. I know he's vaccinated. I know that usually means people get get back on their feet pretty quickly, but it's not an every time thing. And John Robinson did say he was totally fine, symptom free. But let's just say Ryan Tannehill has to miss a game or two this season. What are you looking for in the backup quarterback here? You know, you're not looking for someone to go throw for 350 yards and four touchdowns, you know, you're looking for someone who's going to hand the ball off to Derrick Henry.
1: I was going to say, just do hand the it to play, Henry 35 times that year. Hand game. it to
0: Henry. Fake like you're handing it to Henry. Turn around and hit A.J. Brown in the middle of the field and throw to Julio Jones on the outside and Anthony Firks are out of the slot on third and short. Like, Throw it in
1: Julio's th- vicinity. He'll figure it out probably from there, right? He'll come down with it. Just, just You don't even got to be right on target. Just be somewhat on target.
0: Yeah, like... If Tannehill goes down for the season, maybe you're looking for somebody different, somebody who can take more chances and be more of a gunslinger. I don't know that you are, because I think, frankly, if Tannehill goes down for the season, you're pretty screwed. But if you're just trying to win a game or two, like you can come up with a game plan to win a game or two, screen passes, short passes, quick passes, and a lot of handoffs that I don't think the Titans would be in all that precarious a position if it was Woodside or Barkley, is my final point here, is it's like... Who cares who wins the backup job? You know, like bet like it's a fair best point. case scenario. They don't play all season. In long. the grand
1: scheme of things, you're probably screwed if either one of them yeah uh, has to play extended amount of time. I think Woodside probably better at taking care of the football. I would yeah. anticipate. I think Barkley gets a little riskier and has a bit more of a gunslinger mentality. That's Barkley one has thing. a career. I, I kind of like what you said there. Sorry,
0: Barkley on his career has more interceptions than touchdown passes. So that's there you yes. go. Yeah.
1: Uh, so he's got more of a gunslinger mentality. And, and if you just need a game or two, then that's probably not the guy you need, right? You want the guy that takes care of the ball and over the course of the season. You might look to someone like that if they, because, you know, you're, you're kind of looking to go out and, 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 and get someone that can win games, right. And put you in positions and throw for 300 yards, uh, so to speak, but you're right in the grand scheme of things, this battle hopefully will never end up mattering.
0: Yeah. So with that said, let's talk about the starter, Ryan Tannehill, assuming that he does not have to stay on the COVID list for very much longer and is back in time for week one. What are some of your expectations for Ryan Tannehill this season? Are we looking at a guy who's going to continue to keep up this level of efficiency, the yards per attempt, the passer rating, top three in the NFL, the the red zone efficiency that he has helped command with obviously Derrick Henry playing a large role, running the ball into the end zone there. but. What do you expect from Tannehill this season in terms of what we've seen so far and Arthur Smith leaving and Todd Downing taking over? Just some overall general expectations.
1: You know, I, I wish I, ha- I had more to say on this topic and super specifics. but well, I'm going to keep it simple, and I think the Titans are probably keeping it pretty simple. I expect more of the same. I expect him to go out there and and, and be a great leader and a great quarterback and uh help them win some games and 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 throw the ball at a high level and take care of the football like he's largely done throw a lot of touchdowns to julio jones and aj brown and and most importantly uh continue to prove that he's a master at leading this offense right and continue to prove that he fits this scheme uh as well as you can imagine he does and and that's assuming things don't change too much under todd downing which we've talked about i I, i'll be shocked if they do but uh look it's it's kind of what year two and a half in this system you could almost say and uh he's proven how great he is at executing this scheme and i expect more of the same
0: yeah me too Tannehill last year three 3819 passing yards 33 passing touchdowns only seven interceptions great six numbers. six game winning drives and five fourth quarter comebacks 33
1: Pretty touchdowns nice. versus seven picks i mean i, I don't know what else more than two touchdowns a game I don't know what else you could ask for
0: lowest interception percentage of his career and the second highest touchdown percentage behind 2019 his first year with the Titans so do you think Tannehill can crack 4,000 yards do you think he's gonna hit 30 to passing touchdowns again I say yes to both of those and I think fairly easily
1: yeah I agree I'll be surprised especially if he doesn't uh Hit the 4,000-yard mark. I was hoping you were going to ask me that question next. I had a feeling you would. Uh, I do think Cesare gets over that. I mean, he missed out last year by, what, 160 yards, it sounds like. Hundred eighty. Yeah, Julio to the mix. Hopefully, you know, they, they those guys stay healthy. A.J. Brown probably sees a bump in yards this year, right? Just, just went over. What, what did A.J. have last year? Just over 1,000. We've forecasted he probably gets to 1,200, 1,300 this year, and you have to factor in Julio probably getting to 1,000 himself. So uh, I, I do think Ryan Tannehill crosses the 4,000-yard mark this year.
0: I, I agree, and I think he could throw for 30 to 35 touchdowns too. I think that Henry may be a little bit less uh, relied upon this year. I don't know what Todd is going to do. I do think he's going to run mainly the same offensive system, but there could be – a different element to the drop back passing game than we've which seen need. in past years, which I, I agree. They do need. And with Julio Jones, they should be utilizing more. So I underrated. think that
1: underrated, yeah. not to cut you off, but uh, it's easy to ignore issues. Truthfully when you're winning and things are going so well, but the drop back passing game, and we've all talked about this uh, on this show and on Broadway in general, uh, it, ha- it hasn't been terrific. And they and it hurt last year with Taylor without Taylor Lewan. Let's make that clear. I think one of the big reasons the drop back passing game suffered last year is when they asked those guys to hold up and pass pro um, uh, in that in the in the drop back game. It, it didn't always go very well.
0: Yeah, exactly. So you hope that with Taylor Lewan there, and hopefully the right tackle situation is resolved. Kendall Lambs apparently dealing with some elbow injury, and Tyson Brelo we've barely really seen so dylan radens does not appear ready to be a starting right tackle so the titans could have an issue there might see some david questenberry starting at right tackle i i don't know what's going to happen but it's not going to be any worse than what, what they were dealing with last year on the left side so hopefully it doesn't hamper that drop back passing game too much i do think Tannehill is going to go out and have a great year again so my next question would be is he a pro bowler he fell a number of spots from his top 100 ranking of 2019 to where he landed at 2020 but he he did but do you think he makes it back to the pro bowl
1: it's so tough right because how many of those what is it two of them that make it two or
0: three three don't three make it
1: three probably i mean you figure mahomes is a shoe obviously is a shoe in uh josh allen uh, sorry
0: josh allen
1: josh allen i mean if justin herbert has a big i can yeah. see him going so it's really tough to make the pro bowl as a quarterback like you said two three of them so lamar jackson we didn't even mention obviously a former mvp and you know will we'll probably run for a thousand yards again so it's difficult baker Tua. mayfield
0: will probably be popular as well Tua will probably be popular joe burrow could be popular just yeah, popular name, just names yeah Yep, there sure is no Deshaun Watson though, so that's one competition that's less. Prob-
1: probably will not see Deshaun Watson in the Pro Bowl. That'll be a fearless prediction I'll make right now.
0: <laughs> oh, Carson Wentz because he's so good, he's probably be. The Colts be...
1: are going to go fifteen and two, so Carson Wentz could be
0: there. He'll definitely be the pro- he'll he'll be the first the number one starter or whatever guy. Um, all right, any other thoughts about these quarterbacks here before we before we leave? Uh, last question for you. If they do cut one of the quarterbacks, do they try to keep one of the two on the practice squad?
1: They should, because they should have, quote-unquote, what did they call it last year, the designated survivor? Yeah. When they kept, I think it was Deshaun Kaiser on the practice yeah. squad and he had pretty much had no contact with the rest of the team in case, was it Denver last year who had to start like a receiver?
0: Kendall Hinton, at quarterback yes.
1: because of COVID protocols, so is matt barkley eligible for the practice squad they changed the rule right where you it doesn't matter how old you are everyone's Correct. eligible pretty much right so okay so he is so yeah i mean whoever they cut, they should absolutely try. i mean you got like what seven 16 17 18 practice squad spots
0: yeah something like that they've i think it's a number something now it's, and it's like huge. it's like four or five of them can be any oh they man don't have, with covid with yeah. covid still being clearly
1: still being an issue they'd be insane not to keep a quarterback on the practice squad. And uh, and it should be one, like I said, that they make sure doesn't really have much contact with the rest of the team. Yeah, He's I almost like a contractor, a general that he just is employed, but is not really employed and just stays away and shows up to play quarterback if they need him to.
0: Yep. And I think that will be Barkley. Although maybe it will be Woodside because if either of these two guys had to just like jump in and run the offense. Like Woodside knows it a heck of a lot better than Barkley does right now.
1: I, I don't think No, nah, I mean, I don't think that factors into that decision whatsoever. I mean, I think a, you got to keep that. That's thinking a little too deeply. You got to keep the best one as the QB two in case they're needed. And secondly uh, Barkley, I mean, he'll have plenty of time to learn the offense Uh, as that designated so he'll be doing nothing but reading that playbook when he's not allowed contact with the rest of the team
0: that's very true all right well that'll do it everyone tune in on saturday to the titans preseason game and watch justin fields run all over the titans backups on defense as they are playing without a head coach that will be really fun for us to see i might be coaching that
1: game for the titans at this rate i mean just Call me up. Give me a shot. I'm ready. Hey,
0: I'm down to take a shot at it. Let's see if we can coordinate a Caleb Farley defense out there. You know what I'm saying? We got some pretty good players. Let's do
1: it. see if we can get the uh, Raiders to show up and pass pro a little bit. I'm ready for the challenge.
0: Yeah. And you know what? I'm sticking him at right tackle. I'm going to play him at right tackle. Yes. You know what? Instead
1: of this, It is a little bit bullshit. Eh? With uh, Starting him at like right guard and then kicking him out to right tackle. I- I'm not a huge fan of it, truthfully.
0: Yeah. You know, Mike, Mike in our group chat during the game last weekend said that Raiden's looks like he needs a red shirt year. And that got me thinking a little bit. And I said, I think the reason they're probably playing him at guard so much is because he does need a red shirt year as a tackle. And they know their interior guard depth is so, so thin that they want to have him ready to step in and play guard if he needs to in a pinch this year, because they don't think he's ready to play tackle in the NFL yet. <laughs> And i, I just take the happening.
1: approach look I, I don't hate it but i take the approach even if he needs a red shirt year it doesn't hurt to spend the entire year working on his skills as the right tackle that's what they drafted him to be that's what they need him to be so i just i mean it would i am curious though god forbid and i knock on wood as i say it if nate davis were to go down with something even for a week or two who they would start at right guard because uh, i'd like to think they'd go with aaron brewer before yeah. they go with Raiden's but Brewer technically I, I don't know that he's played a lot of right guard right he started at, at left guard for Roger Saffold a couple times last year and we know he can fill in at center if need be but he spent pretty much his entire offseason on the NFI right so the he's, training camp, or he's he is back I was gonna say they did just activate him but didn't he didn't get, really to get any reps in really right at center at left guard at right guard though so I'd be curious to see, I think it would still be Brewer he's played right tackle uh, sorry he played a little right guard in college I meant to say And uh, him starting at left guard last year, I imagine he could step in at right guard if need be. But would it be Brewer or would it be Raiden's? Hopefully we don't find out.
0: Really, but I do think it would be Brewer. And since you mentioned Nate Davis, I'll go ahead and say this on Raiden's. Nate Davis was really, really bad as a rookie when he first took the field. And he didn't get his shot to play in actual football games till like what, week four, week five, something like that. And he wasn't that great when he first came in, but towards the end of the season, he was he was playing well. And in his second year, he really took off and was and was playing great football on that at that right guard spot, locking it down and giving the Titans another plus player on the offensive line. So, just because Dylan Radens is struggling right now, I mean, it it's tough for a rookie offensive lineman to transition to the NFL, especially guys from smaller schools, especially guys who only played one game last year that was an exhibition game against a tiny tiny school in the FBS fcs so one game uh,
1: yep, one, one game yeah. plus the senior bowl It's all he had
0: so yeah i mean let's cut the kid a, a little bit of slack and see if he can develop before we write him off because i think that that's just the path that rookie offensive linemen take and by week five you. he could be the starting right tackle we'll see what's going on
1: i'm with you 100 all kidding aside uh i'm a big fan of his got to know him a little bit over the summer And uh, he's a a terrific kid as well, who I'll tell you, football, it's what he lives, breeds sleep. So I trusted him to put in the work and, and that's exactly what he'll do.
0: All right. We trust in him and hopefully you trust in us enough to go to broadwaysportsmedia.com and read all the content that we are pumping out. Our new writer Easton Freeze is just pumping out these articles. I know you guys want to go check them out. We also have Sean Calderon writing for us nowadays. So lots of great content over there, broadwaysportsmedia.com. Lots of good podcasts. We're live streaming. We got the Coach's Corner live stream on Tuesday nights. We got the Flex Fantasy live stream on Wednesday nights. So make sure you're checking out everything going on Broadway sportsmedia.com follow us on twitter justin is at justin m underscore nfl i am at titans film room you can follow the show at mca broadway and that's it we'll be back next week to preview the titans week one ah dang that's two weeks away isn't it we'll be back next week to discuss the titans final 53 man roster as we have a weird dead week between the last the last preseason game and the start of the regular season because they got rid of the fourth preseason game without moving back the start of the preseason or up the start of the regular season so we just have this dead week next week so that'll be fun we'll recap the 53 man roster and maybe some lessons learned from the preseason what to expect before the titans start their first week of real practice in the regular season all right that'll do it until next week you guys stay safe out there and tighten up